Fitzgerald. I am working as a lecturer and a um, cultural critic, I suppose, um, doing um, literary theory around trap music currently is my like current project. Um, and so with that, I um, also host spaces where um, the trap is sort of embodied or um, played out through the sonic and through um, praxis um, and you all can add your own <laughs> understandings of whatever that would mean so um, yeah we meet every Monday for like the last two and a half years trapping it up and I'm able to um, sort of add some sort of context to the work that I'm doing um, in scholarship by doing this sort of field work, I guess. Um, so yeah, I don't have no affiliations. I ain't tied to nobody. Um, and I'm out here, independent scholar, whatever they use, whatever the term is now. Um, and yeah, I think that's about it. When you say critic, what does that mean to you? Criticality, um, for me, suggests that, um, I make the implicit explicit. So things that are bound up in works, um, I try to like open up and see um, with close readings and with um, even sometimes if it's art specifically, um, knowledge of the context of the artist or um, just like the histories they pull from, um, being able to engage work in, in critical ways and um, have the ability to contextualize it for folks who um, might not have such a close relationship with it. Um, of course, it also means that like I hate everything, um, <laughs> and that no one gets a a fair chance of me because I'm just like that's terrible actually. No, so yeah, critic in all of the bad ways and all of the um, you know other positive, more textbook ways. But yes, I'm a big critical person. I critique everything. Um, my mom's nickname for me is Fault Finder. Um, and so, yeah, that's just my runaround thing. And what do you, what, what have you been discovering through your work with trap music? Like, where are you at now with it? Trap music. Um, I, I was interested in redeeming <laughs> trap from this idea of it either being like mumble rap or some like um, bastard of like traditional rap music um, and really um, opening it up to the same level let me kind of contextualize that too um, hip hop had a large like following of um, scholars that were really eager to um, read it as a literary phenomenon and like 
praise its poetics and do all this research around it. And then I started like looking um, deeper and I wasn't finding that same sort of work being done with trap or um, like white folks writing about it. And that's never going to be what I'm reading. So, um, yeah, I um, was able to discover, I guess that was a question. I've been able to discover um, just some deep um, connections to religion um, for a lot of it. Um, of course, there's the histories of like how crack becomes a thing in order to create trap music. Um, so all the histories inform this, this sound. Um, and then sonically, I've been able to like kind of think about um, so much, but there's terror and there is like um, some cinematic like sense of, of horror. Mm-hmm. Um, on top of like the terror of the sound or the noise that's being made from the voices. Um, but in all of it, it is celebratory and like um, able to do all these things at once. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I've been able to find some cool things out um, from just like close readings. And, and, and I mean, I can also think about the work that hip hop scholars did do um, to kind of lay a foundation for it. But just also thinking about how much of a deviation or what I'd posit is that um, perhaps trap is its own thing or its own genre of of sound and music. Mm-hmm. Um, and I further to like be clear, I'm thinking about trap music as um, the sounds that I would say start in like the early 2000s. Um, in Atlanta, Georgia specifically, not um, the also like the EDM that has come after and before and like around. Um, but I'm thinking about dope dealing, <laughs> drug dealing music as defined by um, Waka. Um, so yeah, that's what I'm thinking about when I say trap. I know that like, it can have so many meanings now. Got a main bitch, got a mistress, a couple of girlfriends, I'm bored. Keep my dick hard and keep me smoking. You get pills free, shouting no joking. And what I stand for, bricks for. I'ma die for this shouting, man, I swear to God. In a trap with some killers and some hood niggas. Where you at? Where you trying to play, hood nigga? Keep this shit 300, put that shit in my hood. What are your initial reactions around just pop culture appropriating everything? How <laughs> trap music has been dissected and blown up into popular culture white pop artists like mm. using it where where are you at with that i wonder you know i think about how that's happened you know from big mama thornton and elvis on and just like how like black popular culture or black culture is always already popular culture in this way um and the stripping though of it from its context and from like who was actually designed um, from and to in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, it's tough. I, I 
try to, in my work, always um, pull from primary sources. So uh, Gucci Mane just released an autobiography a couple months back, and he was detailing um, literally how he was kind of playing with this idea of wasted and like this idea of it being white boy wasted and he makes a song um and he's like oh maybe this will like you know appeal to like a white audience because of this word and it actually ended up being that song for him that kind of like crossed over um but something happens differently i think from when a person intentionally wants to like think about how they can like appeal to a broader culture versus um, it being ripped from. And I think both of them have happened, um, but there are like these boundaries that seem to be um, crossed with it. And I I think that's what kind of worries me the most because we can do work a lot as creative folks and um, literally strip something from like everything that it ever meant. And so it, it is interesting to hear um, white artists with no connection to a trap or to, you know, any of these experiences trying to emulate this sound. And I think that's I get to in my work um, that like the sonic component of trap music is the um, mirroring of the lived experience of the trapper. And so... Um, it kind of falls on deaf ears if you're not able to actually um, speak to what's happening in the music. Mm. And so we get just like empty sounding songs that are just like a trap beat with nothing like lyrically close to what's happening in these. Um, with I say with, even within the music, I think the music has its own story. Mm. And if like you can't match the story, I don't really know what's happening. But it also ain't my business. I try not to fool white people at all. (laughs) And when you say trap and trapper, like a lot of people who like might have been turned on to the music through popular culture and through that white lens, Mm -hmm. probably even don't have any recognition or engagement with what those terms are. Yeah. I'm like, this is drug dealing music, like (laughs) very specifically. Um, And I think that is... (laughs) It's it's funny because people can like, you know, engage uh, a work and like you said, like have no idea of like what's actually happening here. And I think that's why it's so important um, that I do work in in, in close readings and um, reading the work as text. Mm. Um, and yeah, that's been important to me. What's the reception? Like you go out and you're a public speaker. Like that's part of your artwork, right? Yeah, for sure. So like what's the reception? Like do you, are you very clear about the audiences you engage with being people of color? Or are you there to try to teach white folks to like get their shit together? I live in Portland, Oregon. <laughs> um, the whitest major city in America. I um, can't really control the audiences. Um, but I, I make sure that um, the black folks are prioritizing the spaces that I'm like speaking in and lecturing in um, by like simple things like answering their questions first. So like mm-hmm. telling all my friends to come sit in the front or um, 
having something to drink and making sure that I've offered it to everyone in the space. Mm. Um, I'm never, I never have any mission of like getting white people together or like thinking about white folks at all, like in my work. And, and what's funny is that, I mean, literary criticism as a, how do I say this? As a, um, field even or just as like a as a working space um it's pretty white um and so trying to um read as many black and people of color that I can and like almost um absenting um white folks from the canon to do my work has been um one of my goals so no there's never any like goal for them I think I actually want um, black folks who appreciate the music to be able to also have like um, a boosted critique of it of the music Um, it's I guess it's a postmodern project for me to say that like popular culture isn't just like a flash in the pan thing and that you know culture is coming from um, a deep place and deep thinking and, and there's this assumption that like oh this is just this stuff mm. and I'm like no actually this comes from all of these things and so yeah it's never for for white folks um, if anything it's for black folks to be able to have um, some sort of like texture to, mm. to like to add to their appreciation of of the form. Yeah, and do you have conversations with your elders from your community, from your black community? Are you engaging in conversations about like what the context is of like trap music, of your experience? Yeah, that's that's interesting you said that I have a um some like mentors who were more in that hip hop era, um, and were more like focused there. And then they start to hear kind of how I break down and work through and how I frame trap and like oh like okay we see you too like you kind of you know you made it work um I think there's also been just a rise of um scholars and activists and um content producers who are able to like bridge that gap of um what trap is as um as base and as like at kind of a, um, I don't want to say a low culture, but for all intents and purposes, a low culture, um, but bringing it into um, academic spaces and all these places where you wouldn't expect it. And then you realize that like so much of what we think is progressive has already been done in these in these bottoms, as we call them. Um, so, yeah, the, the elders are, are have been receptive actually to um, a lot of my projects. I mean, there's some people who wouldn't be, but I try to leave them alone, too. I mean, we, I mean, ultimately, we're not going to be monolithic in, in any opinion. But I have gotten some, like, great feedback from folks who um, are from a few generations mm. before me. So, yeah. Star white 
lifestyle might don't make it. Living like high every day, click waste. Sipping on purple stuff, rolling up stanky. Wake up in the morning, 10 o'clock, drink waste. Party, 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 let's all get waste. Check it for me, baby girl, do it for night. I'm so wasted, she's so wasted. Show the bar, tell the skip me 20 more chances. like Whitney, geeking like Britney. Gucci no hippie, but it's on like Jimmy. It's pill poppers, geeked up crazy. Cold click rolling, everyone's wasted. Paper codeine, spray paint, don't waste it. Mix up, grandma, drink it, then taste it. Sound from my super syrup, lean and wasted. And what if, what about these um, engagements, these projects that you do? Like, you you host a weekly event, mm -hmm. right? And you do all other kind of programming. And so, what what's kind of a day in the life of you? <laughs> <sighs> There have been some crazy days where, um, I shouldn't say crazy, y'all. Excuse me. Um, it's ableist. I um, have some days that are unique in that I will have a, um, a morning just full of, you know, like the phone calls about a lecture or whatever else and making sure that things are set up and simple things like, visual and like working through that so that'll be a daytime um kind of like running around in the morning getting things set up and then um literally go into a lecture or a um panel of some sorts and then have an evening party all in one day Damn. um so it was funny we did a project with Sharita Town here in Portland and I was um interviewing an artist Maya Charnel and so we um, literally like tied the party and the lecture into into like one thing. Um, and actually they happened to be like across the street from each other. So it was perfect. But um, I literally had to like, you know, do a, um, an artist talk <laughs> and then like run across the street to host the party. So there are some long, long nights. And I think I like flew somewhere the day after that. Um, yeah, that was that was wild. Um, and so, when you say host a party, are you like like what is your role as an organizer? To be cute, <laughs> to be very very cute, um, to get folks out, to get. Um, I am just all about my folks, and so if if there's a space that is like, you know, marked queer. Um, I want to see folks who are like in that everyday like work um, mm -hmm. being able to come out because we're in Portland. Um, whiteness is just prevalent anyway, and so I don't care if like you know there's there are white queer people I guess, um, <laughs> but <laughs> I'm just like okay this is not like what we're doing here we're not really here for you um, and getting like if I'm saying that I'm doing a, a PLC queer hip-hop night I need those people in the building and so making sure that they're in the building that like we're like 
cutting shit from the beginning. If there's like someone feeling uncomfortable, I'm like right in the front, um, kind of just like come tap me, come get me. And also like, you know, twerking on tables and um, receiving lots of Hennessy shots from admirers. But now I got a man, so y'all can't be buying me Hennessy and stuff. <laughs> so yeah, just, you know, being the hostess with the mostest. And so what is what is the um what is the context of queer culture in in navigating trap? Like Oh, that's dope. Yeah. Um I come from the school of thought that like blackness is always and already queer. Um by its by being especially here in, in the States. Um, so that like demarcation of like, oh, well, this is like straight black people and this is like queer black people. Um, when I am saying queer, I am opening up to like all of us in that way. Mm -hmm. Um, so like queerness isn't limited to, um, for me, like a sexual expression. And, um, I'm always trying to like make that like clear um so i think about the work of um mecca jamila sullivan um they have this piece called fat mother talking about like um queer and corpulent bodies within hip-hop and just how um by being in a fat body one is like already queer in a world that suggests you, you should be Thin or XYZ. Um, and so by being in Portland or being in the States, like I said, um, blackness is queer. So then trap sound for me, um, especially in its like um, assumption of beyond being a subculture, like being like kind of a despised thing, like, oh, you're a drug peddler. Um, that that location that that queers the sound, even how the sound is produced. Um, the, the trap house even being like a a queer space because it it undermines so many of like um, how we normally look at, at the house and what we think about like what happens in the house. Mm. Um, so like queerness, yeah, for me is is that and all those things. Um, so I don't know if that satisfies the question, but yeah, I, I pretty much. I think I'm also curious about like what if you've had any like interactions with people who create trap music mm -hmm. and like have had any interactions about how they feel about trap music becoming such a a space for queer people of color mm -hmm. to come together like have you had any interactions with producers or yeah um i've done a lot like mostly reading i need i am like in that phase now of like where i'm reaching out to artists and producers um for the most part they seem very eager to um to engage um, but again, like I was saying, I don't know that, um, there is that separation to even be named, you know, in that way of like, um, of course there are people who assume a queer sexuality. I'm saying that now, like who assumes a queer sexuality, but still have, um, a trap experience if mm. that's, um, yeah, a way to say it. So I think, um. Yeah, those intersections are already, like, happening. And um, 
Yeah, I, I just I'll be sure to like ask that question. <laughs> yeah, um, keep me updated. Yeah, for sure. I think <laughs> I think about a lot of um, a lot of music that you know is being made by queer artists um, that sort of like um, holds to that trap sound, and um, we have this like cookie cutter assumption of like what um, it can mean, but we could be surprised. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. just from um like the popular cultural perspective of hip-hop um how much misogyny Mm. is like embedded in that context from from just my understanding of growing up with that music Mm. as as a resource as a young person um and it seems like trap music has this opportunity to kind of dismantle Hmm. those like colonized roles that aren't even like um, placed by the people or the artists, but just placed by society, mm. you know, like embedded. So I'd be interested to... I think that's hopeful. I'm not sure that like <laughs> it's being achieved, but I definitely think that like, um, you know, if hip hop is already a subversive thing, mm-hmm. um, but being informed by the, you know, the, the larger system um, and then trap has this, opportunity like you said to be subversive against what was subversive and you know recreate itself um potentially i think um i'm not sure that it's always happening um (laughs) but i mean there are you know moves happening to um like i said like the sound is expanding and it's moving beyond um what it has been or who's been able to produce it in those ways um Within, like, I'm not, like, trying to open the doors too wide. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I I, um, I can see it happening, I yeah. suppose. Um, I think gender and, like, misogyny especially have interesting, um, like, spaces within trap. Because uh, I, how I define, um, like, well define what the music does song by song is is sort of like detailing a very quotidian experience for an actual like you know trap lord um and a lot of times in the music women are absented um beyond being an accessory and and i think that something that like needs to be pushed back on 
Cause, whereas in hip hop, you might have heard um, more like love songs that centered a woman, but not, you know, lovingly, <laughs> I'll say. Um, you get in trap like, oh, I'm out here trapping, like maybe there's not even time for love. Um, or like this woman is accessory or like ancillary to this project of the trap. Um, and, and yeah, I think about that a lot. But I also think about, um, like I was saying earlier, how um, the trap and like what domesticity suggests about the home kind of are, um, they kind of go against each other. So like you have this man usually in trap music behind a stove, like, and that's their like running narrative. Um, so this man is in the stove and the man becomes like this kind of like head of the home in this way, but the home is unlivable. So there's all these things that like I think about and how women are placed or like unplaced um, or misplaced, I suppose, um, within trap. And um, that's another project, <laughs> um, not another project, but like another chapter in, in the work. So far, um, what I've lectured on um is really um, putting trap in conversation with like postmodern art practices and um, this running project I have called Church in the Trap House and looking at the religious themes of the trap. Um, and with that, there's a project about um, trap and melancholy and thinking about like um, just like sadness and all these things and how that works out. Um, and then you have. Um, Another like I guess these are like chapters really, um, but thinking about like horror in trap and um, the soundscapes sort of being almost pulled from um, horror films literally mm -hmm. in a lot of cases, and so yeah, there's a lot of things. So when's the book? <laughs> right, <laughs> we need a book deal. Working on that. Um, I'm actually outlining um, some things while we're here in mm. this beautiful setting. Um, I don't know if you'll tell the people that where we are. <laughs> you but, can. Um, oh, yeah. We're, we're here in Sisters, Oregon, live from the Caldera Art Center um, <laughs> on a residency. Amazing things are happening all around us. There are celebrities in the room. Um, <laughs> they're just casually buying things. Um, so, yeah, a book deal. That's that's what I'm here for now. No. Yeah, the book has to happen. Um, mm -hmm. And I actually have gotten, like, more invigorated about that. I'm, like, usually trying to think in the most, like, non-traditional ways about how to do stuff. Well, um, I think I think that... Uh I think that some. I think that it needs to happen, and it needs to happen before it's done through a white lens. You know what I mean? <laughs> Go off, yeah, for sure. So you need to get that book out in the world, yeah. like your your intention and your mission, and um, just being a queer person of color too, like coming from that space. Yeah. Like, there's so much that needs to be said, and I. Yeah. It just always breaks my heart when like popular culture or white culture like tells the story first. for sure i was reading um epistrophes brent hayes edwards book on like um jazz men who are also writers and he starts to talk about um 
this publication that's like questioned if it really ever existed at all, but called The Cricket um, around like jazz writers and like it was a gossip rag and all these things. But they were doing, um, and then it was redone by Amiri Baraka, um, long stories. But they made this work, this newsletter, this sort of production because quote unquote, um, Ofe white critics have been doing the work of telling our stories and and critiquing our music, and like I am so not for that. I think people like, you know, they see that I'm like writing about trap, so they'll tag me in something that like someone else is writing. And I'm like, no, I actually don't care at all. And if anything, I might pull from the producers and the people that they were able to like have access to easier than I could. Um, and like, but throw away all the rest of their insight. Cause it's just like, I don't, I mean, even if it's good, like it's not good. <laughs> um, and we don't need that, that opinion. So yeah. yeah, I am definitely with you. Um, of course we know how white publishing is. And, um, so I'm thinking about other creative ways that the work can exist. Um, even if it's not in a traditional mm-hmm. published uh, air quotes, um, traditional route so is there spaces online or in publications that people can like access your your work your writing i'm always going off on twitter um at uh just i think it's bart c fitzgerald as well um i tend to shy away from like the posting of the blog online i did a couple and i just like took them down um (laughs) why i don't know i um (laughs) I'm also thinking about, even as I like know that a book needs to happen and, and will, um, thinking about how much of an oral tradition um, the trap is, or even how readily available trap was as like mixtape. It, like it come like the whole genre comes out of like a mixtape era, um, and I think about um, creative ways that I can like marry myself to that uh, Mm. tradition um, instead of it being like released in this lofty academic way um, that doesn't connect to kind of uh, um, and and I think I'm I'm like thinking with and against myself and that is like why is it not on the internet Um, I don't know if it's always like consumed in the ways that I'm thinking versus like me being present with people and presenting the work mm-hmm. um, and them hearing it in um, with flesh on kind of. I think that's a um, something that's important to me. Yeah, and I think it's a really radical way of being like, oh no, like you don't deserve to consume this. You know? Yeah, or to just like get, I mean, I've even like, I'm doing this interview, but I've like kind of even like shied away from a lot of like, um, interviews in that way of like oh well like this is just like on the internet and then we'll find you and then we'll like we'll be on to you and I'm like huh it seems like like less than organic to me mm-hmm. about like how people like come to know things and then and I think that's like always like a question in my practice of like um like how did you get this information and like why mm-hmm. um and you know the 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 labor, I suppose, or the, like, the work that one has to do to, like, get to something, to hear it physically or, like, be in the space. Mm-hmm. Um, 
versus like, oh, I just clicked the thing and like this is here for me to go to. And I'm like, eh, yeah. I need you to do more work. So I, I, yeah. I'm thinking with and against myself in a lot of ways, but we'll see. Um, or like even like if the book comes out, like you got to buy it. Like, you know, there's something that like um, because of how cultures has worked, um, content is so accessible. And I know that like as an academic or a um, like a literally now like an independent scholar, um, we work in our community to make things accessible to folks who like we've reached out to and know they're needed. Um, but still in some ways are like, it's this thing. I can, y'all can't see my hand gestures, <laughs> but like, um, like a bear hug. <laughs> yeah. Of like keeping things, not for the sake of them being exclusive, but like, um, knowing that it needs to get somewhere more urgently than like the rest of folks. So, so within trap music and like within the black community, like how, what work are you doing to like um, bring bring some type of ease to the homophobia that um, comes comes can come through? Um, I don't know. I am like everybody's gay cousin, <laughs> and I think there's this need to like paint um, people of color as like more homophobic or like in all these ways of like oh I've been so attacked by like um you know whatever Mm -hmm. I don't really have those experiences to make that response um and maybe it's just like I've like shielded myself from um the, the queer antagonist um yeah, or I don't know. I make so much space. Um, like, I, we were talking about, like, that collapse of, like, queer sexuality and queer identity and, like, queer folks. Um, so I haven't, like, run into that a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't want to say that in a way that seems like I'm um, discrediting the folks who who do. Um, so I have to work against that. But... Um, yeah, like, I don't know, homophobia for me is always something that, like, I feel like I could just outsmart. <laughs> and I'm never really, like, I mean, physically, of course, there's always, like, the danger of, like, and the threat of people who um, don't don't see it for you in your presence. Mm. But, um, yeah, that just hasn't been my work. I'm sorry. I don't know. No, that's that. fine. That's great. That's I mean, it's all it's all relative, you know, it's all yeah, unfolding. For sure. And I, I I'm always trying to be like as much support as I can, you know, for folks who um need to imagine um like new ways of being for that. Um for those experiences, mm-hmm. my own experience. But, um, yeah, like, the the homophobia part hasn't really been. And I think I think that's what I've been trying to imagine with some of my, like, party spaces. Um, not to say, like, allies or anything, but to think about um, the people who, you know, um, 
who just aren't <laughs> and just like who who are accepting and are chill and like are welcome in um in spaces mm-hmm. with um for well, with in the spaces that I'm creating mm-hmm. um do you think it's a generational thing too like do you think like there is a certain amount of like understanding that comes with the 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 group of people that are born in your generation i'm not sure um what i can say is in a more it's homophobia this is what i wanted to like bring up um there's a sense of like conflation i suppose in with like it, it this idea of like it doesn't matter that you're gay and I think that's the generational change of like um a lot of us need special attention for our for our identities and I agree with that um but I think there's a, like a larger group of folks who are just like girl <laughs> you know and, and like and I don't know a lot of folks can be offended like okay that's not my gender like these aren't like that's not how I identify in the world um, but that's what I experience more than like a blatant homophobia it's like okay you're gay keep like let's go <laughs> like you know like let's keep living um, and I know how like silencing that can be as well and I see it as a problem so before like I know I could get dragged um, for that but I think those are like some of the differences that um I try to work through in like the spaces that I'm making, um, and and at and at some point there is need for um, folks who have a queer sexual identity who want to be just in those spaces to be, and I'm always championing that as well. Um, but I think I'm not even sure what your question was anymore. But I think I'm like <laughs> yeah, no, getting you're, you're, to it. Um, um, yeah, you're getting to it for sure. So yeah, I I, yeah, I just never want to be um, out here pathologizing like blackness in that way to be like, oh, the homophobia is just so rampant. Um, yeah, and maybe it's just my experience. I I come from like a very like specific background um, that might allow me some room or something like well there's also something really beautiful about like existing and creating the space that you wish to see you mm-hmm. know what I mean like and that's what I f- I feel like your work is doing just from an outside perspective yeah and I guess I could be utopian in that sense because I'm just like <laughs> what <laughs> no and it's not that like I don't get it I also like I was like I outsmart a lot of things and I overlook things that are just like you're dumb. Like, you know, I, I think, um, and being like, being better, and this isn't like a, a plug of like, um, about doing more work or doing anything, but like, when you just know that you're like, doper than these people, you don't, I mean, I don't know. Sometimes I just be, I don't even listen to the mess. Yeah, you got to just tune that shit out at some point. <laughs> no, I mean, ultimately, I know that's not, like, the thing to say. But I'd be like, girl, bye. And get your, like, get your community, get your people, um, get your get your cis group. And... <laughs> Sorry, y'all. Mm. I 
of residence. Status section ain't with relatives. Opportunity knocking, I let them in. I done put forces on everything. I love them all like Ginobili. And if I'm not successful, ain't nobody gonna come and console me. Oh, I pray my mama quit smoking. My dad. So what was your first introduction into becoming a writer or a critic? Oh, I um, was mentored by a person named Dr. Damon Glenn, currently teaching at Lewis and Clark University. Um, and they were finishing up their doctoral program at Reed College. And so I was just able to see their love for hip hop and their love for um, like hip hop or their hip hop criticism. Um, and then I got to meet Mark Lamont Hill. We like did a, a lecture series with him and he was like discussing hip hop's influence on society. Um, and so there are all of these models, um, Dr. Imani Perry, um, and this is specifically not just as a writer, but just like as an academic thinking about like black cultural production and black cultural priority. Um, so yeah, there was Trisha Rose and Imani Perry and all these like amazing thinkers um, who were like doing in the 90s and like, and still are, but like in the 90s really in like the early 2000s doing this like black academic cool thing. And I was like, oh my God, I can do that. Um, yeah, so it, it was very like hands-on. It was, I was able to like see it happening in like a day-to-day -day thing. And so, yeah, that's where I was like, oh, I can, I'm, I'm going to do that. <laughs> and what are your biggest challenging in creating work in today's, um, I guess, art market world? The, the Navigating the space in Portland. A coin, sis. <laughs> because they, they'll want you. And then they'll be like, we're going to offer you. $200 and I'm like so you know that like a book costs $200 um, yeah those like the, the actual like limitations of um, the pocketbook and the coin the coin chips gonna be like always right and you want to do this like amazing work that requires like I mean beyond like the writing is intensive the research like those costs and then like showing up in space and looking cute like, and so a lot of times I am like, you know, making an X amount of money on a party and spending so much of it on like books to be able to like, you know, contextualize the party or the sound or whatever. And so it's an interesting life. Um, I'm also like um, really blessed to have like some like great family and some support in that way. Um, but yeah, that's the biggest like challenge. So I think right now to do art. In, in this moment is to like get the coin yeah and how do we initiate getting paid for work that is highly undervalued by Child, institutions you tell me I don't know um, <laughs> it is it's really tough but I mean and I've been like and I'm saying it's tough from the fortunate side of a person who's like work is being like you know read and received and also though I'm always in this fear of like oh my god it's gonna end tomorrow like you know, people could have, could have heard it and be, like, disinterested. Um, but I think it's, a, like, being that obnoxious person and, like, being in that media and being like, girl, you told me my check was going to be here when I got here and it's not here and I need my coin. Um, 
and I hate to like limit so much to money, but this is a system that we're in. Like capitalism is, is trash, but like you can't go to Blick and I mean you can steal, but you can't go in there and be like, I'm gonna trade y'all some art pieces <laughs> for these brush pens. I'm not going for that. So yeah, I mean, coin and access to like education and test materials. Like, I know that's a lot for um, for folks, mm-hmm. which is another which is coin too. Like yeah, because you got to work and you got to live and yeah, those are the those are the, that's the big block. That's yeah, that's some real challenges. Was there a transformative moment for you with your work that continues to affect your practice? Was there a moment that you could share? Hmm. I'm waiting for it, I guess. You know, like, I think there will be um, something. Mm. Um, I I don't know that this project or this work has, like, a um, a higher, like, sense to it. It's really what I'm enjoying. Like, it's what I like. Um, It's music that, like, you know, that I'm in love with and I'm able to, like, defend from Mm. a... um, an authority, you know, a sense of authority. Um, so yeah, I, um, I, but I always have these like moments of affirmation. I think like when I'm lecturing and, um, a mentor or someone like above me says like, yo, like I see what you're doing. Um, Mm. but yeah, so that's those transformative moments. I can say. Yeah. Yeah. And there's so many more to come. I'm sure. Huh? Pray. pray. (laughs) That is our prayer. Um, where do you hope to be in 10 years? Um, what's your magic vision? (laughs) I don't know. Um, living is anything. Mm. And I haven't always like (laughs) held that as like a thing I wanted to be doing in 10 years. Mm. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's continually finessing the art system mm-hmm. and the you know this world that we're in. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I can't. I don't know. I I have like too um, too adamantly like um, issued like plans or like a five year plan or like doing something. So I don't have any. No, ten years. I don't know. Yeah, not there yet. What is that? I'll be like. <laughs> 30, 36? That's how old I am. Okay. Praise the Lord. (laughs) Um, You can tell me what it's like, you know, for the next thing. I don't know. This is it. (laughs) Right, right. Doing a podcast. Doing a thing. Um, (laughs) Just kidding. Yeah, I don't know what's up. I don't know if I have any vision for our future in those ways. Hmm. Um, Like 10 years, like that's a long time, sis. I know, it is. One day at a time. Oh my gosh. Okay. So, um, what advice has influenced you? Has there, is there like a story or a quote or something or something somebody said to you that you keep coming back to, (laughs) to keep you going when those days you don't want to get up in the morning? Is there something? I don't ever get up in the morning. (laughs) Um, I get up about four (laughs) o'clock. Um, I listen to a lot of gospel music. Mm-hmm. Um, that's like a part of my practice. And um, yeah, there's some like songs mm. that kind of keep me like 
going, I suppose. Did you grow up with gospel music? Yeah, um, I grew up a preacher's kid and, like, um, very, like, involved in church. And my family is, like, very deeply rooted in church. Mm. So, yeah, um, it's like a practical, like, I don't know. I have a spiritual practice that kind of informs that. Um, I know that's not really, like, always the welcome response in a lot of art spaces. Um, they were like, what keep you going? I'm like, girl, I'll be praying and fasting. <laughs> but, um, yeah, just a regular, you know, Sunday morning service. And, mm. um, yeah, very, like, I guess in that sense, like, traditionally religious. Mm. Um, so, yeah. But it seems to tie in family, in music, mm-hmm. in, um, like, repetition of like grounding out in prayer like all those things are something that we aren't attached to in popular culture yeah for sure um so regardless where it comes from it's mm -hmm. like that's important well i think about like in the work that i'm doing now about like church in the trap house how how many um references though that we like aren't listening closely to when people are like often having religion or like referring to um religious like expression or like their own spiritualities um they kind of just get lost in the the popular culture drift Mm. um so hopefully like bridging some of those gaps but not in like the corny ass because they're oh my god i haven't used bad language the whole time (laughs) explicit content right (laughs) um i mean there's a lot of corny people who are like doing the like i'm cool and religious but like once you get like you scratch the surface and they're like anti-woman's rights and like all this gross stuff and like that's not my like politic my like religious like faith suggested like get your life like you know mm-hmm. and experience life um to the fullest um so i'm like sometimes careful to ex- like because people have an assumption when you like express um that you like, especially like from a Christian background. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm always like thinking through how to like share that with folks. Mm, interesting. But yeah, that's what keeps me going personally. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not too careful though. I'll be on Facebook <laughs> telling the girls, "Girl, I'm praying for y'all. <laughs> what's your, what's going on? I'm at church, sis. You need anything? <laughs> me and Jesus got a main line, main line connection. You can cut all that out. But you don't have to. <laughs> and so. What advice would you have for young queer people of color who are trying to find their voice, trying to find how how to navigate existing and creating projects and like kind of inventing their own dialogue in the world? Fuck it up. Get your life. Um, as long as you, you know, I think find a place to be like, and then like in a literal sense. Like, um, whatever it takes for, like, uh, I know securing housing is, like, one of the most difficult things for young people, young, like, queer young people. Um, but, like, get somewhere to be first or, you know, kind of, like, prioritize that and then um, work from there. Mm. And um, and, and not, not whatever it takes in a, like, pursuit of capital type of way. But um, want like being able to survive and make work is it's a ton of work. Um, so, however it looks, if it's you know 
writing or like sketching stuff out on that bus ride from work or to school or um, if it's going to school to like fuck the system up like do it um, if it's stealing supplies from somewhere like I'm t- I am advocating that you steal <laughs> but be careful you know be smart about it um, yeah just get it how you live do whatever like do it you know um, fuck the institutions and, and and they'll like they'll cycle back around to you and I think um, mm. that's this thing that like it's tough because I like a lot of us want that sort of recognition from Jump um, but what's happening now I think is that like um, institutions are seeing like what's happening independently and they're like oh my god we didn't create this like how do we like get our hand in it and then by then you might be in a place to be like fuck you like I don't even want your involvement or you um, get to um, note the monetary um, mm-hmm. value on your terms exactly and so and, and with that um, it's making space and like um, and rethinking and I know I've been talking about like money and funding and those limits but like rethinking funding or how you can like be funded think about like what you can reproduce and sell that can help you to you know get get further because I be juryin a lot of these like things where people are applying to it and um and often like there'll be a million applications and we'll have three site like you know three spots and like it, it's it's crazy and it's it's a lot of work to even like keep applying and to keep that like that hope up in an mm-hmm. institution like granting you anything um so as much as you can being able to like um create on your own terms in that way um and without like what some institution thinks you should have or yeah thinks you deserve what's the major fail on an application like what's the one thing not to do when you're writing a grant application <laughs> i can't even say um I don't know. I think it's never the fail. I don't think the fail is ever on the artist. I think the fail is on like how we're designing a lot of those things. Mm. And I think that's something that's like actually we are working on. Mm. Um, like in all the panels that I'm sitting on, is thinking about how we can like open the door wider. Mm-hmm. Um, but also too, um, to to answer that question, because I think I take I'll take the blame first. But answer that question. Um, is thinking that you need to like use certain a certain voice or like be a certain way, um, and I'm not. I mean, if you find something I'm paneling on, like can see before it comes out. <laughs> um, but like, yeah, it's this need to like. Oh, I want to sound like you know I'm like being impressive enough to to this institution. Um, sometimes it's about like saying fuck it mm-hmm. and <laughs> being like I'm just like this is really what, what I'm doing um, and maybe you can like throw in a word here or there to, like just prove that you know it but like <laughs> you know trying to be like yeah modeling oneself after this like fucked up system kind of gets us tripped up mm-hmm. and then um, yeah sometimes we can see through that language of like oh this project explores I'm like no it doesn't like it's not actually it's not what it's doing at all um, so yeah like be, just being genuine with like language and, and what you think your project is doing because um, we might be more interested in that mm. far off thing than what sounds like it can be like 
um, harnessed. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, just be daring in that way. Or maybe just submit too. Like, like, y'all, scam. Scam the system. Okay, let me shut up. Okay, so the last thing is your soapbox moment. If you could say one thing to the world using this as your platform, what would it be? (laughs) Go off. I don't know, girl. I don't really be caring about nothing about the world. I just, you know, I'm like, want to speak to my people. Okay. If that makes sense. No, that's great. Um, Please. What would I say to my my people? Hey, bro, you cute. (laughs) That's it. Because people are just cute and y'all be beat and that's all I want y'all to know. And stay cute. Stay with it. No, no, no.